did you actually get to work with the Google team? That's the first question. Yeah, right. Okay, um, how should we phrase this? Do you want to ask it? I don't know how to phrase it. <laughs> so did you actually get to work with the Google team? <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to the Neapolitan Podcast. Today we have... Uh, Yulia Kalida, and I'm an Android developer at chat.com. Cool. So, Yulia, you actually just gave a talk at DroidCon NYC and a few other places, right? Yeah, that's correct. I actually traveled uh, to quite a few places in the last half year. So, I spoke at DroidCon SF, DroidCon New York. I traveled to Norway to speak at Mobile Era. Oh, I, <laughs> yeah, the okay. list is, yeah, the list is uh, pretty long and uh, it was super, super amazing experience. My talk was about Android Instant Apps. Oh, nice. I haven't got a chance to do anything with that. <laughs> nice. Um, we were at your DroidCon New York City talk, which is amazing, by the way. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you were so well prepared, actually. Like, the way that you answered the questions after, because we've talked about that before, how the answering questions part is the scary thing, because you can yes. prepare for your talk, and then someone will ask you a random question, and you have to be prepared to yeah. answer that. And you did such a great job. Oh, it was you. It was... Great to see. Thank you. I think that uh, the secret to how to be able to answer the question is to work with the technology for a long time, you know? So once you, uh, because uh, we've been working on instant apps for quite a long time, uh, because uh, Jevacom was one of the early access partners um, and uh, we were building uh, our first multi-feature instant app with Google. Um, so yeah, it was just um, our first experiment with instant apps. That's why it took some time. And uh, if you spend quite a few time and work on the same technology, um, yeah, in, uh, in a bit then you kind of know ins and out. So it's not that you have to specifically get ready for questions and you never know what questions come along. But yeah, when building something, you kind of run into the, the issues that people who have never worked with this technology would also be curious about. So it's, uh, there's no secret. I feel like it's natural and most speakers probably are able to answer all the questions. Yeah, but thank you for the compliment. <laughs> um, so it would be weird if you said that. You know what? That question's were the worst part of the <laughs> Everything besides that was great. <laughs> so DroidCon wasn't actually your first performance of the Instant App Talk, right? Which one was your first? Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, so the first talk about Instant Apps I gave at our local meetup at Jet.com in Hubaka, New Jersey. So uh, it was uh, in summertime, right before Google I.O. when we finished building and we launched to Prod. And so we shared our success with the rest of the community and the meetup was quite small. But my first, I would say, professional big scale talk was at um, Android TO in Canada. Ooh, so there is an Android uh, yeah, that was probably the first time uh, when I actually went on stage and spoke about instant apps in front of people I've never met before. <laughs> so did you find the process of like preparing for 
that talk different than preparing for the first time you gave it uh, at the meetup? Like whether it's scale or just like you're more comfortable saying it? Yeah, the process was absolutely different because when you're getting ready to, for a meetup, usually you're given like a week, right? And you need to get ready. So there is not enough time and you try to um, convey the essence, right, of the technology that you built. You don't try to dig into the details, some, te some technical details that most Android developers would be interested because um, to the meetup, um, not only Android developers come, right? There are some just average software engineers who are working with the back end or probably front end um, and web apps. Uh, so it was a very lightning talk um, as part of, uh, of the meetup, and they didn't really dive into details of, oh, this is the issues with instant apps, this is how you need to build, this is the exact steps. And my talks um, at the conferences were more um, tailored towards Android developers. So it was more about, this is where we start and this is where we finish, this is all the gotchas, this is all the connections between different components. So I would say more details and more thought were, uh, were put uh, when I was getting ready for real conferences. So how did you prepare for all the talks all over the world? Like, did you talk to yourself in the mirror, picture everybody <laughs> in their underwear? <laughs> Those are the tricks that we've heard. Uh, yeah, so I didn't really work with a mirror. <laughs> but I probably I should start sharing uh, how I actually came up to the idea that I need to talk about instant apps. Mm -hmm. uh, so when building instant apps, I, um, or like building any technology, I usually have a list uh, just like a note um, that where I add all the stuff that I ran into uh, or all the things that I have to keep in mind. Yeah. Uh, for example, this is how I uh, update my Android Studio into the latest tooling. This is how, this is the changes with the latest Gradle plugin. This is how instant app components got connected. And all the crashes that I ran into and outstanding things, I usually put in the list. And so when we, when I, when we stopped building instant apps, I just looked at my list and I'm like, this is huge. This is so much information. And then I realized that all of this information was actually figured out when I was working on instant apps. I wasn't able to find anything on Stack Overflow. And then just the idea, okay, maybe I should just give a talk and share all of the stuff that is right here locally on a list of paper with the rest of the community. And uh, yeah, this is how I started. Uh, but then later, before my first talk, I actually regretted about this idea. <laughs> <laughs> why this idea even came up to my mind but anyway um sorry what was the question <laughs> how you prepared for um, the first talk yeah sure um yeah so um how i prepared to the first talk i actually were like ran into uh, look through all the list of the things that i wanted to talk about and then um stripped out the core so the, the core aspect of what should be conveyed and then based um, from the core, in my case, it was what are the instant app types, right? So there is like a single feature and multi-feature instant app. And then, okay, but this is the core. And now I need to persuade people why instant apps are important and what benefits they can bring to the company, to the business, to the tech team. So, and then you go kind of to the front of the presentation and you're like, okay, this is wise that I need to share with the rest of the community. And then, okay, so we built our, at the beginning of the presentation, we built our 
uh, core and then we need to talk about what are the benefits right so because maybe people can think that the idea is great but what will they will actually gain mm -hmm. so you're sharing all the benefits and in between benefits and the core I put all of the crashes and all of the gotchas and issues that we run into because I feel like this is the hardest part when uh, you know you run into a crash and stack overflow doesn't give you an answer so mm -hmm. I figured out that the most outstanding uh, issues uh, that took me a lot of time to debug and figure out what was the uh, the problem with the specific incident uh, yeah decided to share it during my talk so this is this is how I was uh, getting ready for that not sure whether this is the right way but that worked for me <laughs> you have a background in business correct Correct, yes. Do you um, think that like, because it seems so natural for you to be on stage when we saw you in New York, you know, like, it's <laughs> unbelievable so that so <laughs> this is the first time you're doing something like this. Do you think being from a business background has helped you, you know, prepare to be a speaker? I think a little bit maybe. I feel like it's easier for me just to summarize all the thoughts that I have in my mind and convey them in a very nice and logical way to people. Mm -hmm. uh, but I didn't really have any experience in terms of public speaking. So speaking in front of big audiences um, was uh, uh, yeah wasn't wasn't a usual thing for me because in business I was just um, helping companies making money and uh, yeah, persuading um, in terms of what ideas would benefit and what ideas would fail. Um, yeah, so there was a lot of definitely communication. So maybe working in business helped me to shape my communication skills that well, but probably you didn't see my anxiety, but <laughs> <laughs> it was there at least because Joycon NYC was my second conference and so the anxiety was there. Uh, during my seventh conference, the anxiety totally gone away. So it was like, okay, that's okay. This is just, you know what to do. Just go on stage and speak. <laughs> so. That's great. Did you have to tailor anything for different countries, different audiences? Uh, a little bit, not much, but uh, yeah, I just, because instant apps, when, when I was giving my first talk on instant apps, uh, the tooling was still experimental in Android Studio uh, was in beta, and Gradle plugin was in beta, and then when um, uh, everything got into stable version, there were some uh -huh. tweaks that I had to update, so, but uh, generally the core of the uh, presentation was still the same. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. You need to like tailor the talk across one time and <laughs> literally time and space <laughs> yeah. uh, like the the tools and everything that you're talking about is just constantly being updated and having to stay on top of that well like did you experience anything where one major issue or something that you had trouble with just by the time you were giving the talk again it's like oh that's not really a thing anymore you don't have to worry about this part but it was you know like did anything like that come up um I feel like the only not 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 in terms of issues, but I remember when I was giving a talk um, at a conference, and I mentioned that instant apps are being supported on the API level twenty three and above. And then the same day, I went to Google official docs to verify that it's twenty one at uh, twenty three and realized that it's actually twenty one. I'm like, okay, so. Now I have to update uh, my slides and basically uh, push the API level a little bit backwards, which is a nice thing. So you said Jet was an early access partner with the uh, and you got to work with the Google team on Instant Apps. What was that experience like since you had, you know, special access to the big people at Google? <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, sure. Uh, the experience was quite unique. Uh, that was the first time when we were actually working on such a big thing with Google. And uh, yeah, um, one of the things that I probably would love to point out is that working with experimental tooling and early API is fun, but not fun at all. <laughs> because um, so you think uh, because you understand that it's not stable. There are a lot of issues, so it was uh, it was sometimes challenging. So you're building something, and then you stumble upon an issue, and you're trying to figure out where did we mess up, and then we realize that oh, it's not us. It's just the SDK is not supporting the needs that we need to do. And so there was like a constant conversation with Google back and forth in terms of oh, is it us or is it you guys? And uh, Google is amazing. Google is so supportive. And uh, they were so quick with responding because it actually in both parties' interest to make sure that everything works well, everything clicks, and then release the product. So uh, yeah, Google was super, super responsive. And another important thing that I would love to point out, they were very open to suggestions, right? Mm -hmm. So every time I was working with something and uh, I didn't like certain uh, certain aspects of instant apps, I would uh, just jump on a call with Google and say, hey, probably we should reduce the number of modules from eight to four, right? And uh, they were like, okay, so we'll, 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 we'll see what we can do. They were very open to what the community wants in uh, how developers see the product evolving, which is uh, always a nice thing to, to have. I just want to say something sure. that's totally off topic. <laughs> <laughs> sure. um, so Yuli and I actually worked together a few times back in Coalition for Queens. And one thing that I remember really fondly about you is you question everything, which is a good thing, right? That's true. Like, I feel like when we're learning new technology, um, you know, we're told from somebody on stage that this is how you do something. And mm -hmm. for someone like me, I'm like, okay, I'm going to write this down. This is how I do it. But Yulia is like next to me and she raises her hand and she always goes, but why? Why do we have to do this? Yeah. <laughs> I've got a million kids in the class who just annoy everybody <laughs> with the questions. That's but I true. feel like that's great and that's what makes you such a great developer. The fact that you question everything and you want to know what goes on behind the scenes, right? Sure. I feel like it's actually, again, off topic. It's, uh, I remember, so I'm from Eastern Europe, from Belarus, which is like very next to Russia. And uh, so I remember um, like our mom was always saying, so we started to learn uh, English at the first grade. In, in, in Belarus, nobody speaks English. So, and I remember my mom was always saying, if you want to learn English, you have to ask questions because I won't be able to help you. So I feel like it's just, you know, that childhood experience where if you want to know, you have to just like always ask. Otherwise, mm -hmm. you will never get to, uh, to know things that you're curious about. So. Yeah, C4Q had um, a slogan called, I don't know, is how you grow. That's and I feel awesome. like you really like, took that slogan and with it. Yeah, that's a great lesson. And doubly so for something like this, where it's something that's new mm -hmm. to everyone. It's not something that it's like, oh, these are the rules because they have to be the rules. Like this is something that you can, like you actually dictate how it ends up changing by saying, wait, why is it like that? There's a discussion that you can open up. There's you know, there's feedback that you can give to it and say, maybe it should be more like this. Like, maybe this is the direction that we can go in. And also it teases out, especially for you giving a talk about this, like the, the, the underlying reasons of why things have to be this way. And it's not just, oh yeah, it has to be six. Six is, six is the answer. It's like, <laughs> no, like you give depth behind that, which mm -hmm. again, going back to 
answering questions, which you were great at. Like <laughs> you have these, this understanding, this deep understanding of what you're working with so that when someone asks you a question, you're like, oh yeah, I had that question too. It's really because of this and the way to get around it is like this. So it's, it teases out like a, a, a fuller understanding of whatever you're going into. And it's, it's great. Absolutely. Thank you. So you've been to all these countries giving your instant app talk. Uh, what would you say was the best part about traveling the world as a speaker? Uh, yes, I think the best part was actually meeting different deaf communities. And you cannot imagine how different they are. They, like every country has different, uh, yeah, different community. And just to give an example, for um, in uh, mobile era, uh, when I was speaking, so this is a conference organized by Norwegian people, uh, there were almost no questions because people are kind of very shy and they don't want to ask questions, but they will approach you later and ask you questions later. But if we're talking about such country as Ukraine, where I spoke as well, people were so actively you know, I would even say interrupting each other in order to ask questions. They were like so thirsty for knowledge. Um, and uh, even after the conference, they would like stalk you to the hotel and talk about its nest. So it's incredible, you know, it's incredible to see how, you know, how nationalities are different and how people, like how mentality of people actually affects um, affects developers in terms of, oh, somebody is too shy to ask questions, but they will probably reach out to you at Twitter and ask. And some people are more willing to just express their ideas openly. And another, another cool thing about traveling and speaking is a source of new ideas, right? Because you're building something, you're building for one perspective, but then you're meeting other developers who are building for other businesses and target different use cases, and then ask you specific questions that is tailored to their use case. And you're like, oh, that's actually a good question. That's actually a good case, use case. I'll probably steal it. So <laughs> it's, um, it's a new source of uh, information, new source of ideas. And uh, yeah, it's basically um, speaking, as, as I always try to say, speaking is not just a one-way uh, road, right? It's actually a both-way road where it's not only sharing the information, but it's also learning at the same, at the same time through questions and feedback that people provide after the conference. That's awesome. So putting instant apps aside, since uh, everyone can go watch one of your seven talks <laughs> on it, uh, is there any other interesting technical challenges or things that you've come across while working at Jet? Yeah, I feel like the beginning of uh, me joining Jet was pretty challenging because uh, I was the first Android developer. So I was the first full-time Android developer. The app was built, but it was built by a contractor. And you know sometimes how hard it is to put like a really good quality app within like a very short period of time. So the app was great in terms of like crash rate and it was more or less stable, but there were a lot of uh, things that I didn't like about the app. So most of the libraries were outdated, such as Retrofit wasn't Retrofit 2, but it was Retrofit 1. Dagger wasn't Dagger 2, but Dagger 1. Rx was also one. So a lot of libraries were outdated and it actually bugged me. I don't really like to work with like outdated libraries and something that is not probably maintained anymore. So you always want to work off the latest and most performance tooling. Um, so the first thing that I've done is actually updated all of the libraries and uh, it took quite some time. And then another thing that I remember um, was always also important for me is the architecture um, and design patterns that were used. At that time, the app uh, had a library integrated uh, in the app where it, depend it was dependent on some other libraries. And so there was kind of like a dead end or deadlock where you want to update this library, but at the same time, just because it, it was dependent on such library as Butterknife, you were not able to update Butterknife. 
So it was uh, a pretty painful experience and I was working with that um, architectural library for quite some time and then I just got so frustrated and I ripped it off from the application and uh, re-implemented the whole ar architecture from scratch manually because if you think about it uh, you don't really need a library or dependency to follow a clean architecture. You can build it on your own and uh, it would work uh, even better than, uh, than what you would rely on something uh, external. So uh, yeah, it took me quite some time to make sure that the app uh, would still be performant, would still be stable, uh, plus, but on top of that, would also be testable. And I'm super happy with the changes that I've done um, at the very beginning of working with JAD. And since that, the architecture has not changed. So it's a mixture of um, MVP with uh, RX and uh, it's pretty dope. <laughs> it is a beautiful app. <laughs> we have like a, uh, a history on this podcast of talking about refactoring. <laughs> yes. And, uh, one, do you like refactoring? Because I weirdly, I, I love refactoring. But <laughs> Sufe and I do it in very different ways. So how do you refactor? <laughs> How do I refactor? Um, I think I always start with the core. This is this principle that I usually take. Uh, so you're taking the core feature within your application. So the feature that basically being pulled into, uh, into some other parts of the application and you start from there. So I started from the core because uh, it was the most painful and uh, yeah, it was the most, the most painful part of the app. And uh, after the core got uh, refactored, I started to move into independent features uh, that were kind of like hanging around that core. Um, yeah, I wouldn't say that refactoring is always a delight to work unless you're just removing everything. So. Uh, but uh, if, we, if we think about the long-term goal, it's always nice to struggle at the beginning, but then open Android Studio, open your project and be like, oh, yes, you know? <laughs> you're like, yes, this is what I want to work with rather than, you know, open and then again, and you have to figure out where it should go and how it should build in order to not to break or not to add extra stuff to that spaghetti stuff that you've had before. Yeah. yeah. How do you do that differently? Uh, we differ in that I like to just delete everything and start fresh. But David makes like thousand line comments. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Slanderous. <laughs> he comments everything out and like changes one line at a time. Slander. I will not take this. <laughs> I like to keep what's already working as like a reference and then make another version of it that's in the direction that I want to go in. So that I can see, all right, am I getting all the parts that I that I'm trying to make better? Am I actually covering all those cases? Because I can just think like, oh yeah, I should be getting all of them after I delete it and then I go on. And I understand that's what Git is for. Like, I get it, <laughs> but it's I like having the visual representation of right there. It's so he does like <laughs> method and then method two. But yes. for me, like to see method and method two kind of clogs my head. Sure. And, like when I think about how to do things, I don't like looking at duplicate code and it's just messy. <laughs> wow, that's yeah. pretty cool. That's such a difference because I feel like I'm a little bit like David. See? Uh, <laughs> no, 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 sorry. <laughs> because I'm, like my always 
guess you know my 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 main my main thing is I'm just afraid that I will miss the use case that has already been targeted by that code. Mm-hmm. That, that's why I try to keep in terms of not to copy it in terms of logic, but when I build a new method or like a new class, I'm like, okay, did I actually cover all the cases that that method was doing? But that's that's funny. That's so interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's settled. <laughs> We're gonna, we're gonna ask every guest this question. <laughs> yes, that, honestly, you should. You should. It's, it's really awesome question. It's, it's it's the core. Yes. It's the core thing. What you said about uh, go, starting from the core and actually like moving out from there when you start refactoring. It's very interesting. I, I know a bunch of people say like they want to start at the edges and just like make it so the thing that they like only see for a little peak and it's like okay that that's fine. I don't have to look under and see everything else. Horrible. Um, yeah, that, that's interesting because I took a similar thing when we were um, upgrading from RX1 to RX2 and you know the interop library to sure. let you uh, go between that and like started towards the center and then just like built a layer around that of like everything that was coming out. Now I'm making it come out as RX2 stuff and then from everywhere else I can build out but I still kept the core as like, I kept the core as, uh, I don't want to see that. but but. <laughs> Everything else got the change, and yeah, that's, that's interesting. interesting yeah, I feel like uh, why I didn't start with edges, because there were some cases where, um, again, it was um, a few examples with instant apps, where I started with the edges, and then I, I do edges, and then I come to the core, and I realize that the core should be totally re-architected, and mm-hmm. will influence the edges, and then I have yeah. to go back and yeah. refactor the edges yeah. twice. Yeah. So yeah. that was my painful experience that I came through. Uh, that's why I'm like, okay, just target the hardest part that you don't want to target and then breathe into the edges. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, how has your change in your role from you know the first dev to now leading a team of Android developers shaped your day-to-day and do you enjoy it, the, the new leadership role? Yeah, that's a very interesting question. Uh, when I uh, joined Jet.com, as you mentioned, I was the first full-time developer and the only developer. And uh, so basically all the decisions that I had to make were just my responsibility. Uh, so you definitely had to think twice before doing something. Um, and um, a good thing about that is uh, there were no uh, clashes of opinions, right? So it was uh, totally your call uh, in terms of how you want to shape the application. And um, so it's been a little bit less than two years uh, since I've been with Jet. And currently we're a team of four developers. And definitely our day-to-day life changed. And um, so currently um, it's not just my decision, it's the decision of the whole team. So when there is any initiative that I want to take, it's not that I'm saying that we are going this way. It's more about, so this is an option for us to do and let's talk about whether everybody is good with this. So, uh, because, uh, yeah, I feel like the most important thing is to make everybody happy and you don't want to work on something that you don't feel excited about. So making sure that everybody's on board and everybody want to contribute and everybody's excited about the new technology is more important than forcing people to do that. Um, and, uh, yeah, um, our, we, we started to have more meetings. Uh, we started to have um, official design reviews in terms of before actually pushing any releases and any feature, uh, we gather together and we discuss how the feature should be built, uh, how it will impact our architecture, how will it, it will impact our instant apps, um, what parts of the feature should be tested, what parts we can focus on next, what are the blocking uh, points. So it's um, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely more communications, more meetings. 
uh, making sure that um, everybody is um, giving like a thumb up on uh, what we plan to, to do next. And we're hiring, plus check us out <laughs> at jet.com. <laughs> <laughs> check us out wherever. <laughs> I don't know if you want to talk about the this question. So I brought it up because uh, I know... So when we were graduating C4Q, sure. you mm-hmm. already had an offer from a previous internship, but you were still interviewing everywhere. You know, <laughs> even though you had that safety net, that's true. you still pushed on. And I feel like that's really different from everybody else. Like for me, if I got a job, I'm going to take the job, you know? Um, and the fear of interviewing is pretty big because you're comfortable, like you're already at a job to change and even if a better opportunity comes, just the fear of having to put yourself out there again uh, prevents a lot of people from, you know, going out and taking that opportunity. So you're one of the few people who doesn't let that fear bother you and you just like <laughs> do it all the time. Uh, no, I think the fear, the fear is there. Uh, the fear is there and uh, when you get a job, you feel secure, you don't yeah. want to look for anything. It's just, I feel like, our natural human instinct, right? Uh, but at the same time, I always try to switch in my head and think about, but what will I lo- what will I eventually lose if I try something different? Because I can gain something more than what I currently have. I will never lose what I currently have. So, and uh, yeah, this desire to probably push myself always forward helps me grow. Yeah, so do you have any shout outs to the homies? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I will probably uh, love to shout out to John Almeida. Uh, this is one of the Android developers on my team and say thank you so much for taking over CodeFrizz period because of all my international traveling, I was less involved with Jet before CodeFrizz. And CodeFrizz is a time when um, the releases stop actually going into prod in order to not to affect the user base. So uh, good job on that and keep doing a good job. And another shout out will be probably to uh, Britt Barak. So uh, she's an Android developer and uh, leads um, Android community in Tel Aviv. I met her uh, at a few conferences uh, such as uh, GDD DevFest Ukraine and we um, also together spoke at JoyCon SF and she just um, actually got accepted as a Google developer expert. So congratulations and shout out, awesome job. And uh, yeah, uh, keep uh, keep doing the same thing. Great. Thank you, Yulia, for spending your afternoon with us. (laughs) Oh, thank you so much. It was absolutely my pleasure. Thank you for the invite. You're you're great. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. um, That's it for this episode of Neapolitan. As always, if you have any thoughts or comments, you can reach us at NeapolitanPod on Twitter. Yay! Yay! Good job. Guys, you are amazing. You are amazing. (laughs) I mean,